Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Peace and blessings be on all my viewers out there. Welcome to Muslim Vibe, the podcast with me, your boy and I, Kanji. Today I'm joined by none other than Mr. Isla and Rob Huang off the corner shop. Brat, brat to you guys. Big up. Thank you for being here. Honestly, I really appreciate it because some of you may not know, but I like kind of like landed a little role in this massive epic, which is the corner shop show. And hence Plug. we thought, blood, blood. <laughs> hence we thought it would be an appropriate thing to talk about since they're here. Because also we're going to be talking about Muslims in creative spaces. Rob, you're Muslim today, yeah? You took shahada today. You took shahada today, yeah? <laughs> so we're also going to be talking about that as well. And um, within that, Let's just go straight to the corner shop show, boys. So, obviously, I know you now because you cast me in your wonderful, wonderful venture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you are pretty much a one man, one man back, bro. Like, I've been so impressed by like working with you because, as I say, Rob being the director of production, the DOP, and at the same time as that, you're also a co-writer, right? Yeah. And you kind of like just generally an all-round kind of support as well I feel on set um, but in saying that as I said not only do you then write it you do the theme tunes sing the theme tunes like do all that you pretty much everything. do everything everything everything. everything you do everything from everything. like editing to like acting I'm, to I'm directing you are the, the side man, man. You're, you're in the I'm middle the, bro I'm the side you're man. the middle man you're in between <laughs> well you're also Mr. Kenny Chang, obviously, in the show, That's right? That's true, I am. I am. He's an arch enemy now as well. So, like, you know, you have an even more, uh, a larger role within the within this production. But look, as I said, jokes aside, man, I really am impressed by the fact that you've got this all together. And I know you've been asked this question so many times because we said this before the show itself, man. Here so I'm going to kill you, bro. But okay. I did find it quite interesting to know <laughs> that you actually based this on the fact that you found the location before the idea. Can mm. you tell me? Just... Alright, so right, this is the question I ask in every single interview, yeah? Where did it all start? So don't do it again. Yeah. Um, so literally, yeah. Um, I was on my way to Kingston, Yeah. and my mate had a corner shop. Right. Literally had a corner shop. He goes, he parked up and he said, bro, I'm just going to get something from my, my dad's shop. Do you want anything? I was like, no, I'll come with you. Went out, got inside the shop, and then he was. I just looked around, and he was there with his uh, colleague, and I asked him what's going on. He said, oh, my dad left the shop behind. Right. He's gone to Pakistan, and I have yeah. to run it through. Okay. So that's why he was so busy. I couldn't like it's the first time I see him. Either. So I was looking around. I was thinking, you know, this would be a good spot for filming. Like it's quiet, hard let. You know, very few customers come in and mm -hmm. out. Uh, so I was asked him like, oh, can I film in it? Is yeah. business surviving then? Like, well, the shop was <laughs> the shop sold now. He sold it, but that's not the point, isn't it? That's not the point. Isn't the point. <laughs> but you ruined my inspiring story, man. <laughs> Jeez. So, um, yeah, yeah, so uh, basically we started filming in there. I literally yeah. went home that day, yeah. wrote notes and I thought characters and this, that, oh. this, and then just developed. It started originally yeah. just as a sketch show. Mm -hmm. So just like a few um, just corner shoppy jokes. Because like uh, the first, uh, it, it, when I when I saw it on YouTube, the first kind of three episodes amalgamate to make a whole episode. In a yeah, way, so the right? first two episodes we did were in that original shop. And then right. when the story kind of developed and yeah. I kind of took it more seriously, mm -hmm. um, thinking, oh, let me get the characters a bit more depth and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. Um, that shop got sold. We looked around for another one. So another one in West London gave us a cost cutter. Okay. So we used that. And then when I did episode three, four, Kind of took the other two down because we lost characters. They they want to be a part of it anymore, which is just how it is, man. Well, um, I was going to ask because how difficult is it to run an independent production like this? Um, 
I mean, some people may be thinking like, you know, is this your full-time job? Like, you know, is this something people do on the side? Because this whole YouTube craze, everybody wants to be a YouTube star, it seems. Mm. But you've done something a lot braver than that. You've written a narrative. It's not like, you know, look at me, this is me, I'm a personality. It's more than that, as you say. It's an actual creative piece, which could equally be translated onto television or any other platform. Um, but to do that all of your own back, bruv, is pretty impressive, as I say. Mm. And usually you would expect it to be a massive kind of team effort. But when I've seen you guys working, literally it is often the two of you um, pretty much, you know, Right. Yeah, back in the day, it was literally me by myself. So me and Michael, yeah, um, I used to set up the shot, get in front of the camera and say, Michael, just double check that I'm in frame. And he, all he knew how to do was press record and put it in focus. Just a reference, Michael is... Uh... Michael is my co-star. He uh, plays Tony Chang. So it's my character Malik. He plays Tony Chang. Robbie here plays Kenny Chang, the evil brother. They're not brothers, but they're brothers. From another, from another mother. <laughs> okay, from another mother. Um, we're, we're all brothers. <laughs> but yeah, like, initially, initially, um, initially it was all by myself. And then uh, Robert jumped on board around episode eight oh, onwards. Okay. How so, did that develop then? How did, what is it, again, were you always a, a part of it in a small capacity or was that like just straight away? He, you know what, tell that story well, about uh, I'm, I'm glad story. you asked me that. It's pretty interesting uh, story about how that happened. Basically, uh, I received a phone call and uh, he basically said, uh, what do you like the way you look? And I was like, uh, you know, it's, it, it's what I do. And uh, he said, I can't give you my face. And we like, scouted him. We <laughs> scouted him. We yeah. scouted him. Uh, so we, they, no, I spoke to Michael. It was about time we wanted to introduce Michael's brother, uh, his character's brother. Yeah. So oh, we, there's no Chinese guys out there that actually act. No right. one in the, like, um, you know, Asian scene that actually acted. So then um, he goes, no, no, there's a guy. I, I remember there's a guy. So the who? And he goes, ah, I'm, I'm that guy. Then he goes, that guy. I'm that guy. The only Chinaman who only acts. China. And he goes, no, I know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know the so guy. I, know, yeah, I got to know. Then I was like, really intrigued. Like, who's this guy? Let's let's track him down. So then Michael called his other Chinese guy. He's like, yo, who's that guy that um, does videos? And he goes, oh, that Chinese guy. Bro, there's bare Chinese guy. He goes, no, I don't want to. And he goes, all right, cool. Let me find. He went on his Facebook, locked him down, and I don't believe that guy and Robert spoke for a long time. And then they called me. They, man, you the guy. Yeah. You that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we had to lock him down, and then we, when, we, when we got his number, we yeah. was going through that whole process. This guy, so he, he obviously picked his phone up like really cash. Yeah, like, hello. We're like, Yo, you're like, guy, guy. He's like, Oh hell oh, no, man, you're the guy. Like, who, who are you? <laughs> like, yeah, Literally, who the hell is Abdulrahman? Who the hell is that? Ironically, yeah. he was a guest. He he attended one of our premieres. No, so he yeah, was yeah, actually yeah. at one of the events. Yeah, because um, basically, I knew about the corner shop before um before I actually joined. So I was working okay. for a... You were a fan before you joined? I kind of was actually, yeah. I'm not a full-on fan, because I didn't watch all of it, but I knew of it. come on. I knew of it. <laughs> yeah, because I used to work for a um, designing agency okay. called um, The Play Studio. Plug, plug. <laughs> well, I don't have to plug it. I don't work for them anymore. You're not on their payroll anymore, bro. I, I mean, I used to work for a company called Bing. And uh, <laughs> basically, um, they, they would follow obviously what's going on like locally yeah. and then they would say, oh, have you heard of this corner shop thing? And the guys, uh, the, the exact words at the time were, like, they're, they're alright, they're not that pro, but they're getting there, I see potential. And I was like, I watched them, I was like, yeah, I do, I do see potential in this. And then it was like a really big thing that was going on in the area. Yeah. So I knew all of them. Yeah. And then I was thinking, oh, it would be good to work with these guys. But then there was no in for me at the time. So right, I, right, right, yeah, right. I didn't want to just email and go, hi, I love your show, can you just let me be yeah, on your show? People, most probably wouldn't have replied. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I didn't want to do that. And, um, and then, yeah, so one of our friends uh, was invited to the premiere, but he, he couldn't go. So then he goes, um, yeah, so you want to take my place? And I was like, cool. 
So then uh, his name is uh, Abdul Rakib, right? Yeah. So I, I went to. Why we laughed? I went to. No, no. He walked in. Yeah. He walked in. Right. Yeah. I walked in. The door person was there. Yeah. And she was like, uh, "Hey, can I can I take your name?" She wasn't American. I don't know. What, I don't know what. She was like, "Hey, everyone is everyone's head. Everyone in my head is American. He's like, he's imagination. Welcome to the court shop premiere. Can I take your name? You're on the guest list." And I was like, "My name is Abdul Rakib." And she was like, "Oh yeah, it's fine." And I'm like. Come on, man! <laughs> we have a Come reverse, on. bro. Reverse, bro. Right? You know what I mean? We're, we're multi yeah, You know, yeah, we didn't even see him on the tape. I didn't, okay. well, like, from what I remember, were, everyone in the, the audience was brown. A few white, a few black people. I never saw no one. I was this close to Michael. I could have touched him. Yeah. I could have touched Michael. So when he said to us on the phone, yeah, I was like, you're praying. I was like, no, you weren't. And he goes, yeah, I was there. I was there. I was like, what? So we checked out his work, and then um, he'd done a few other films before. I was like, no, this guy's cool, man. And then we just started working together. Okay, look, true hair, as we say, right? Everything happens for a reason. If you had not gone and Abdul Rakib had gone and like, bro, where would I didn't mean Abdul Rakib it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You got Abdul Rakib. She's watching this. No, imagine. Yo, Abdul Rakib, <laughs> Abdul Rakib lives in East Ham. Yes. He's dating out his area. FBI like, yo, we got him, we got him. <laughs> Manufacturer host. <laughs> I apologize, Mr. Oh, Five People. You must think what we had. There's problems. a lot of Abdul Rakibs here. There so are a lot of Abdul yeah. Rakibs. So just saying. But interestingly, while you were talking about. Where is this conversation going? <laughs> sorry, sorry. As Abdul. Where is this conversation like, okay, sorry, This sorry. is probably my most challenging podcast. And it's strange yeah. because I know you guys that it's so challenging. Um, but I'm just having so much fun. But the point is. Yeah. We've never met him before. Yeah, so. yeah, we don't know each other. It's just an act. Well, we, don't, we don't know each other. The point is. You were actually saying though, like in your ends, actually, you are like almost famous before kind of the notoriety on like YouTube and etc. In the sense that, so like whilst um, because people like you mentioned there, um, you know, some people may have heard of the Corner Shop Show or whatnot, but just from one day filming in East London in your area, it dawned on me how kind of relevant this show is and how kind of uh, much. Uh, Attraction you've gathered um, because as I say like, you know, people would just be stopping all the time. Like, hey, that's my good job. Like, you see him and uh, Michael in yeah. Birmingham Miller. Okay. Every two yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. It was really? annoying. Every two really? seconds. It's like, or like, not that. Malik. Hey man, my Malik. fans watching, like, you know, it was annoying. <laughs> You know, it's annoying it's if annoying. you're not them. <laughs> if you're them, then it's uh, it. You know what? It's, I love you. Put, I put it this way, right? Um, imagine you're a filmmaker. Yeah. You've got this idea. You made it from scratch, just like we did, yeah. And then imagine you make a film and it's in cinema and no one turns up. Mm. That's like the worst feeling in the world. Right. So obviously, yeah. it's the best feeling in the world when someone actually says, "Yo, you're that guy who does corner shop. I watch your show." Mm. That's people telling you they take the time out of their busy day to sit down and watch what you've taken months to build, or three years in this case to build, to take half an hour of their time, sit there and watch it and appreciate it and comment and like and subscribe or whatever. That's them telling you, for, to, to me, when someone yeah. says, oh, you're the guy from Corner Shop, let me get a photo of you. That's what translates to me. Most so definitely, most definitely. I appreciate it, man. But, um, you know, I'm not as big as like, other people out there and hey, whatnot. Hey, hey, but inshallah, we get- Slowly, slowly catch your monkey. Yeah. Now, honestly, as I said, man, because having, um, Having seen the first episodes and like the kind of numbers you guys generate as well, as I said, like it was for all parties involved, like you said, you know, when as an actor, for instance, you know, doing my little thing on the side, you know, when you approached me, I straight away went to your YouTube channel and was like, whoa, this is big, like as I say. Um, and for those people who may not know of the Corner Shop Show, as I said, you know, it's interesting to see how much traction it's actually 
kind of generated it. And once you kind of start watching the first few episodes, you get why it has, because you've really kind of cleverly, um, I think, um, and succinctly kind of depicted uh, the, the kind of subculture of youth in kind of London and in mm. most urban cities, I think, um, alongside kind of all the different strands of the storylines which you bring from your own interest, whether it be like the wacky, zany, you know, ninja storylines or whether it be, you know... Yeah, some, some things we do just because we want to. And, uh, well, I was going to say, that's another beautiful yeah. thing of being your own boss and having the kind of full license to create um, and bring us more to, I suppose, the other discussion being, you know, Muslims in creative spaces. Mm. Um, because like you said, you've been doing this for years now, and three years in effect, then. You know, Three years of corner shop, uh, but seven years. Of what's your story, man? What's your journey, bro? Like, you know, how do you get into like filmmaking in in general? Like, you know, for me, corner shop? Um, it was an accident, man. I failed my GCSEs. Okay. Yeah, it was an accident, bro. So I've got. I said so four. like, like okay, like I'm yeah. really happy. Okay. About that. Well done. <laughs> no, I passed four and I failed. I failed maths. Okay. Right, I failed maths, and there's a, there's a reason for this. I found what's, that. Yeah. What's that? What's that? So when I failed maths, I had to yeah. choose a BTEC to right. go on to do A-levels yeah. so then the only choice I had was health and social care or media I didn't want to end up being like sitting with all the midwives in the class so I just thought yeah let me do media what's media Yeah. figured it out learned about it then I just developed like a love for it and mm -hmm. then after that I thought let me just continue it mm -hmm. and my mum goes my mum was telling me I'll do English do this and do that mm -hmm. so I said look I'll do all the subjects you want me to but I want to do media so she goes fine right. she thought it was just a hobby right Okay. Again, yeah. my A levels, I failed everything apart yeah. from me, uh, media. Okay. So I passed my beta, then I didn't. I passed my media. Yeah, yeah. And then I was stuck because everyone I knew was going to uni, and I was like a year behind, and I right. felt like left out and blah blah blah. Um, so then I had to have like another choice of resetting my A levels all over again. But that's even a relevant thing. I know we say blah 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 as if it's you know quite yeah, nonchalant, yeah. but it's relevant uh, and quite poignant a time for young people. You know, like not going to uni and like you know. We almost like measure life by our academic um, kind of progression when we're youngsters. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like when you're in year eleven, you know, and uh, your mates go off to college, and if you were to fall back, you know, it feels like the end of the world. Like your whole year separate from them. I don't want to mm. spend the whole it's year. True. Do you get what I mean? It's like true, so, in a similar way, everyone in my class, like we grew up from year seven with up to year eleven, they're going to uni. Yeah, now, yeah, like, yeah behind. But then um, I thought you know everyone runs in their own path. So after mm. I've, uh, after I failed my A levels again. Yeah. Um, I joined a art foundation course. Okay. Now art is is a ghost to me. I don't know what how yeah. to do whatever. And then um, I, I didn't I didn't know how to paint a picture. Okay. But then my art teacher said to me, I even quit after a week. I thought I can't do this. This ain't for me. I'm just gonna go get a nine to five job. Okay. And uh, when I and then I kind of came to my senses. I thought okay, it's my only route. Let me try again. Went back to the <laughs> went back to the college. I said Yo, went back to the drawing board. And then the, the teacher said, look, let me let me take you for a walk. I went, he, he took me for a walk around the college and I said, look, what are you so scared about? And I said, I don't know how to do art. What's art? It's not media. I don't know how to. He goes, look, art is whatever you want it to be. So you know, if you want to like, if this is a project, mm -hmm. do it in film. Film is an art. And then he t he taught me the way. I think that's how I kind of went into that like, cinematography and mm -hmm. blah blah blah. And then from then I went on to uni. Uni didn't really help me. I think it just it's just an illusion. I'm not even gonna get into that. Because <laughs> I'm not even gonna get it. That's a whole other podcast. Um But yeah, from yeah. there from uni onwards I started doing another series called Mandem and the Wall. So that was my first series. Um so that got onto E4, there's a lot of disputes behind the scenes and mm. blah, blah blah. So I kind of got left behind in that deal. And the other boys went forward. There's a lot of snaky business. Um Well again that's the industry, isn't it? I was gonna say, but this is the this is the relevance of that in that, you know. Not that being Muslim is massively relevant, but obviously being a Muslim vibe is still interesting to know, you know, does it have a hindrance? Does it play any part um, in kind of your journey? Um, but moving also to Rob, like for instance, 
you know, being a non-Muslim, for instance, but still of Asian descent, so therefore we have cultural pressures alike. Oh, oh, oh no, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> brother, you have to remind me, bro. Remind me, right? I feel so, like you know what? As, as a reaver, I feel like well, I mean, as a reaver, <laughs> I feel like I need to use Arabic like every other word. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Yeah, ask them a question. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, basically.
No, they, just, they don't care. It's a like, one in a million. That's yeah, what my dad They tell you you're, you're an idiot, basically. Yeah. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Without sugarcoating, it's like they tell you you're an idiot. Yeah. Right. You're throwing away, like, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's just not, it's not even an option. It's not like, oh, maybe. It's like, no, it's not even an option. Okay. So I grew up in a similar situation. Luckily for me, my parents aren't that strict to the point where they were forcing me to do you know they suggested like oh we want you to do this yeah you know please be a doctor <laughs> please be this guy that makes loads of money and uh, I, I tried so i did computer science mm -hmm. as you would you're looking right. looking like this <laughs> so then um <laughs> you guys have better that so. <laughs> hey man <laughs> what's up soldi what's up <laughs> they, they didn't even chinese man <laughs> You'd be like, yo, Honda, that's you, man. It's no, like, Honda. It's not, it really is. Sushi, that's you, man. No, it's not mine. <laughs> right, so then, so, yeah. yeah, I was doing computer science, and then um, I remember I was doing exams. I was passing everything. I wasn't failing. I was passing everything. And then um, I was in my first year. And then, like, they gonna miss this. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so I was passing everything. I mean, unlike some people, I was passing my Unlike some people, man. I was passing everything. I passed all my GCSEs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just don't be a bit GCSEs too, right. though. So, yeah, so I, I was passing everything, and that wasn't the point. Um, yeah. I was just doing it and then I was looking at it and I thought, I, I can't imagine me doing this for the rest of my life. I thought, even if I do pass, let's, let's skip to the future where I pass to get my degree like, yeah. and I'm doing this. I'm like, I can't imagine this being the rest of my life, mm -hmm. like from now on, like, this until I die, just, just the same stuff every single day, right? I've said this like since I was a kid, man, because when I used to look at it, I think, okay, we sleep X amount of hours, we're at home X amount of hours. When you actually look at it, the proportion of life spent in your job is the majority percentage. You know? yeah. So when people say it's just a job or work's not supposed to be fun, you hear all these kind of cliche, yeah. kind of flippant statements. So it's about the money, that's all it is. It never resonated with me because I was like, how though? Because you do it all day long, mm -hmm. every day. You're telling me you should love your job like less for way the way i compare it so your wife for instance you spend time with your your family your wife you know imagine you treated it in the same manner you know it's just a it's just a marriage it's just a family you know you spend most of your time doing that job how can you be so like the, the world is just <coughs> is just structured, structured to think that way mm, like it's getting deep now, mm. yeah no oh, honestly i think i think the world is structured to be that way because it's like you you go to you go to school yeah yeah because you have to you go mm. to college because well you've got half a choice. Right. You can or you can't, but you, you just have to. You, it's like the, I don't know if it's an Asian thing or like a, you know, ethnic well, thing, well, but you have to go to uni, you have to do And when you have a job mm -hmm. and you don't like your job, it's normal to not like your job. How is it normal to be unhappy? Isn't that bizarre, It's not, right? it's not normal. That's such a strange Oh, I hate my job, but everyone hates their job. It's all right. That's, all that? like, that's, you, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's all I heard. So it's interesting to hear that you guys feel the same and had the kind of adverse reaction to it. Because as a lot say, of Asian like youngsters grow up, do you feel that way? But they feel like there's no other option. Yeah, so true. What are you supposed to do? That's what I'm saying. They're structured to think that way. So we're either the brave ones or the stupid ones, right? Because well, well, there's a video. There's a video on YouTube like, called yeah. "The Crazy Ones." Okay. Have a watch of that. Yeah, Steve Jobs yeah. did a voiceover for it, and it shows yeah. every single famous person up to this day yeah. who achieved something great. Yeah, and um, they were all called crazy. Mohammed Gandhi, you got um, you know, Steve Jobs himself. You know, you got people like uh, Michael Jordan. Um, you know, even even recent like uh, successes like Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. Kevin Hart took what eighteen years or 15, wow. 15 or eighteen years, I think. I believe. I hope I'm right. Yeah. But to actually get to where he's now, because wow. he was told no a thousand times, and he was saying it in an interview, and he said, yeah. "I got told a no a thousand times," and it got to a point where I was just I was really tough skinned, and I needed that. For that one yes and when it did happen you know over the course of the couple of years mm -hmm. he's, he's he's balling that man he's made it 
Well, this is the point, I think, to every individual out there in that, you know, persistence and determination and hard work not necessarily guarantees the success, but it sets you up very, very much more so for the probability of success. You know, you can't, I, there's this famous saying people always say about, you know, you can't um, fail to prepare or you can only prepare to fail. Or, I can't, or something. Yeah, I, know, I, I, I wrote that one. That, that was me. You know, I thought, well, some, that, somewhere, that was somewhere like that, you know. <laughs> but basically the point is planning and preparing, you know, gets you there. Mm. And people think it just happens out of nothing. Like people get discovered and it's out of nothing. But often, especially with comic acts, especially with stand-up acts, you'll find people drill the same material for years and years and years and years then you see them come up with a comedy sketch show based on that character and you think oh you know oh it's kevin or it's you know whatever the character may be and it's like that character's been drilled for time you know what i mean so similarly bringing it now to also as i say the kind of uh distinction though the muslim element as well though um do you find, Isla, that you've been hindered in any way or you found any challenges in trying to walk that line between um, creating clean comedy which you can feel sits with you um, comfortably, morally and everything else, you know, within your value system, but at the same time trying to pitch these ideas to Muslim uh, kind of entertainment, Muslim media. What's your experience been like in that respect? And also, what's the experience been in terms of the mainstream? How has these kind of experiences influenced your journey? Um, That's I mean, a loaded question, but like, do you get no, one? No, no, I, I, get, I, I get the question. Um, I guess being the colour of skin that I am, mm -hmm. being of the religion I am. Because we already said it's a hindrance yeah. in some ways because of our family culture. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Um, I mean, the best way to answer this without offending anyone. Keep <laughs> um, it real, man. I mean, I started off really safe, played it safe. I thought, yeah. okay, well, let me do this, let me do this. And then um, it gets to a point, even as a writer, as an actor, yeah, it gets to a point where you kind of have to push your boundary because you get bored. Mm -hmm. You get bored of like the same kind of material and it might work for a certain amount of time. But then, I mean, recently in season two, we've been pushing the, the storyline a bit, pushing the jokes a bit, mm -hmm. just pushing that adult boat out so the more adults can enjoy it. It's not just a kid's show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's challenging because you get the odd person here and there saying, oh, that's haram, that's haram. That's haram. Mm -hmm. But if you look into everything, everything's haram. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, so you and if it's not for you, it's just not for you. Well, I was going to say, it's all down, it's to, interpretation, down to interpretation. Right? Down everything to is haram perspective. Yeah. yeah. But that's the way the, I see things now, I mean, I didn't see this before when I was younger, but the way I see things now is if that person is happy, if that person is having fun if that person's not doing you any harm leave it alone just mm -hmm. let them do what they got to do that's you know what i'm saying nice There's, but then you've got other people who the flip side of it because no 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 that person's influencing the whole world so we have to stop him because the haram police is as a muslim you're not supposed to expose another muslim sins but yet people seem to do that all coming time. from a non-muslim all day every day they're like oh, did you see what he done oh no he done this he was with that person he done this and that and that why? Just why? And at the same time as that, surely faith is supposed to be something which is based upon purifying oneself. Yeah. So unless you're perfect, you ain't got time yeah, to be messing around like next man. You know people I mean? have like, time on their hands, have yeah. time on their hands and energy to be like, no, I don't like you and what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. blah. Precisely. And it's yeah. like, raw man, you could have spent that time cooking. <laughs> <laughs> you're bothering me. Like, you're, you know I was going to say deep reflection, but cooking is good as well. But, um, on the good. other side of your question, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no, go on. The mainstream appeal comes in the writing. Um, I've been working with my, my previous series. I kind of know what works mm -hmm. and watching stuff on the internet and on TV. Because I, I know you just quickly breathed like Amanda on the Wall, just threw it out there, but I didn't realise because they renamed it. Uh, it's I called believe. The Wall of Comedy now, yeah. That's it, right? Um, 
And when you said that to me, I was like, wow, well, I've seen that show a hundred times advertised on television. I've watched it a couple of times even. I couldn't believe that was originally a concept or an idea that you were involved with. Um, and it's interesting, like you say, how unfortunately the way the industry is, it is quite cutthroat. And yeah, I like the hard way, man. You know, if you don't patent everything and everything and keep your cards closed, do you know what I mean? People mm -hmm. can easily steal ideas and push you out. I think like that. That, that experience mm -hmm. um, could have either made me bitter or better. I think, I'd like to think it made me better. Mm -hmm. I mean, it made me, definitely made me more wiser. Yeah. Because every time I came across a shady character, I thought, yeah. okay, I know what kind of guy you are. Mm -hmm. And then nine times out of 10, they proved me right. Right. And right. now I keep close to the people like Robert, like Michael, the people that I can work with, people that I can trust, mm -hmm. and people that know where their lane is you know what i mean if robert was making a film mm -hmm. which inch like he is soon sure. um i know where my lane is so i know i'm you know i'm working under him mm -hmm. you know we'll work together mm -hmm. or you know i'm listening to his his rules and his you know and often you find you know in the best kind of successes you'll see the front person often but not realize that they've always got a partner behind them you know where there was ricky gervais who came out first Stephen merchant bang was right there do you know what i mean and in fact you find out there's even more people around them which it, later you know kind of come forward as also comic writers who are in the background be it their radio shows or this or that but the point being it is it's i think it's a magical thing when you find that person or peoples which you can work with on that level whereby you creatively are in sync um you're in sync in terms of your moral values like you say your working ethics and everything else and you can trust each other essentially um, and I'm sure, obviously, Rob, you feel the same because otherwise you wouldn't have kind of like joined a suit with like, you know, the corner shop show. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I think, but interestingly again though, so why didn't you choose the Muslim avenue then? Like, because with Muslim media popping up all over the place now, it's a big temptation. Whilst we were sidelined for so long in terms of mainstream media, yeah. I don't know if you feel the same, but I feel, especially as an actor who started 10 years ago, the only roles I was getting, like, I did an independent form, yeah. and then straight, the next role I got was Channel 4. Do you want to be the um, third person from the right outside the mosque? Like, you know, yeah, what are yeah, they talking yeah. about? Yeah, I was like, what? I'm going to be a terrorist. Like, yeah. literally, that was how it went. EastEnders, next episode. Oh, do you want to be the homophobic command? Like, everything just was like, wow, that's all you're going to give me. Mm. So, being somebody who you could... Just go do your thing, like, you know, independently. You don't need to be tied down by this guy with his religion and, like, etc. That I find interesting in itself. You navigating lines of his creativity mm -hmm. with him. And secondly, why you didn't approach the Muslim industry, or did you? Um, I acknowledged it. I knew, it, I like. knew that, I'm doing what you do, saying yes to <laughs> I acknowledged that, I thought, okay, I have Muslim followers. Yeah. Uh, that is the majority, I'll do what I can to please them, but that is not where my future lives really mm -hmm. um me personally i just i don't like being boxed anywhere right whether it's the muslim community the chinese community the asian community the we're gonna have chinese <laughs> we did nothing to you <laughs> we did nothing you know, to you <laughs> we don't even know you <laughs> hey we live next door to you yeah thailand just across the road over there China. listen so I, I don't like being boxed anywhere right yeah. and um my i mean i mean even if you want to like criticize that okay he's going mainstream he's forgetting the muslim community blah blah if we don't go mainstream, if someone doesn't go mainstream, who's going to give that one? Who's going to represent there anyway? True. You know, if you, everyone's stuck in this um, Muslim box mm -hmm. and Muslim entertainment mm -hmm. and Muslim nasheeds and this and that, I'm not there. Like, I'm not following that. I don't know much about it, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't directly go there because mm -hmm. it's like we spend so much time there. And then when you when you go deep into it, every Muslim is arguing over little things. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, he doesn't pray Salah properly. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's a, he, his view on Jummah is this and da-da-da. Well, even like, he's praying, but he's praying wrong. He's praying, but he's praying. Mm -hmm. So many little, like little the way he prays. Like, but then there's a guy over there, <laughs> let's say in the mainstream audience, who yeah. doesn't even know what a Muslim is, doesn't know what Islam stands for. Who's going to give that to that guy? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to think about it like that. I mean, people like Riz Ahmed, he's gone out there, he's representing. You know, he may not be the best of role models if, if anyone wants to say, oh, no, he's not a sheikh, he's not this, but he's out there. You know, mm-hmm. he's representing. And from what I see of him, he's doing a good job. Yeah. You know, and he's speaking, yeah. he's speaking truth, he's speaking positivity. You got Riz. You, know, you got me. So, like, I think, why not go that way, innit? Yeah. If you go, I mean, the Muslim scene's good. I've seen stuff from it. Um, you know, I'd love to work here and there, but I never like to box myself anywhere. You know what yeah. I mean? I wouldn't even box myself in mainstream all the time. I'd, I'd switch around. You know what I mean? I like to, you know, I've worked with Muslim like TV stations and charities and stuff like that. I've yeah. got a background in that area. Now. Yeah. And um, I just feel like they're not creative, to be honest. Right? It might be controversial, but they, mm. just, they don't work. Bro, we invited you for a reason, man, because otherwise right. this, people wouldn't say right. it. Muslim entertainment as a whole yeah. is cookie cutter. Right? They've got mm. a set amount of things. Talk shows seems to be all they want to do. Just, just invite yeah, someone and talk I've never seen a sitcom on a Muslim channel. I've never mm-hmm. heard of one. I mean, I've, inv- I've been invited to, I'm not going to say the channel names, but yeah, I've been yeah, invited yeah. to have meetings at channels. Yeah. And they said, we love Corner Shop, can you make something for us? But then one, there's never any budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's never any budget. It's like all the Muslims are broke because they give so much sadaqah. <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 I don't know. Like, or, it's, and it's, it's like, they, they, they want you to work for free. Like, yeah, they want you to work for free. Brother, think we think it's peace. It's like, yo, but this is a cut, brother. 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 This is a cut, but then I think of the think of the children in like you know the like, the children in the world who still you know what I mean. But um yeah, yeah one they don't have any budget. Yeah. Two they're just not creative enough as he said. They don't want to break rules. They have too many rules. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. I'm not gonna name the Muslim TV channel because you know, let's not do that. Well, let's not do that. Yes, we so don't play that game. <laughs> I, yeah. I was working on a Muslim TV channel right, yeah. and um, I was a vision mixer. So vision mixer basically is the person that changes the camera angles. Right. We're gonna have some smarties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smarties, that's the answer. They do have the answer. Someone's gonna type say, "That's Haram." Israel, Mister Port Israel. Please, please, continue, please, please. Well, basically. Alright, so um, I was vision mixing, which yeah. means that. Um, for instance, let's take an interview. Yeah. We'd interview the subject, right? And it'll be like a wide shot, close up, close up, right? So it's a vision, mix, vision mixer, I would be changing the angles, right? Yeah. So, um, I'm going to tell my children you were talking about. So, what I was doing is. I don't know why um, I said that, it's not really going to carry on. Obviously, it was the host asking a question, uh, yeah. and then it was the, the guest replying, right? Yeah. yeah. So, what I would do, uh, as a good vision mixer, I would, I would make it interesting, right? So, yeah. I have a wide of them both, then oh. I'll cut to the guy asking the questions. Right, then I cut to the person answering the questions, but at, at certain times I cut back to the wide mm-hmm. and I'll cut straight to the uh, person like, reaction, right? Who's like obviously doing stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? And then they told me to stop doing that. They go, no, whoever's speaking, leave the camera on them. Right. And I went, yeah, but they're speaking for 10 minutes. No, like, yeah, just leave it on them. I'm like, you want me to leave it on the same angle mm-hmm. for 10 minutes straight and it's just a guy talking, right? Yep. And you don't want any other angle to do yeah. Yep. And I was like, it's bizarre, isn't it? There's nothing haram about changing camera angles. I checked on that, yeah? It's not haram to change camera angles. So why won't you let me do it? It's, you know why? You know why? Because they were so lazy, right? That they didn't... Um, you know the presenter? He didn't want to do anything. Literally, he would be like, blah, 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 blah. What do you think about, I don't know, smoking? Is it yay or nay? Right? And then he like, as soon as he asked that, the person would be talking about, oh, blah, 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 you know, in this school of thought, blah, blah, blah. And he would be on his phone, just like, that's what he wanted to do. And because obviously I cut to him, he was like... And he was like, that, yeah. And afterwards he was like, uh, Aki, please, uh, no, just don't, don't cut to me, please, please. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, why? Wow. 
You're supposed to be nodding. Like, if you're asking a question, uh, you're supposed to be like, so what do you think of this? And you're supposed to be like, at least give a reaction shot. Yeah, yeah. A few I feel bad. We're on Muslim vibe, but we're dissing the Muslim <laughs> industry. Like, look, yeah. I don't, care. I don't care if you're Muslim or not. If you're doing something wrong, I'll yeah. talk about it. It's constructive. It's not about being a Muslim, right? It's yeah, about yeah. doing something wrong. And, yeah. and I think you're right, Rob. I think you're right. Because too often we play this game of the labels. Ultimately, it's like you don't go to a Muslim accountant and, like, you know, be like, is there a different way to do my accounts here? Yeah, it's, like, just the you way you it's just accounts as accounts, and I happen to be a Muslim. In the same way that if you're going to put a talk show on, which has yeah. got no kind of issues of haram and halal, well, these are just the, the kind of uh, dynamics of how a show should be made. And I think also the issue is we are so young in the tooth, or so short in the tooth rather, mix two words, the phrases up. But the point then is that we're so new to this industry that a lot of people <clears throat> often who have the money are not people who understand the industry. So it's their playground to, to kind of like go wild with. And therefore they often will not consult necessarily people who do have that industry knowledge, um, but rather just run with it the way they want to. Because as you say, I've seen similar things in many different, uh, you know, from radio to TV channels, and you you suggest little things and whatnot, and it's almost like it's too much to work. Yeah, 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 exactly, but, but no. exactly. Um, but it's interesting why I bring that up is because inevitably that is going to put people off and then make people think, well, how am I going to grow? How am I going to develop? Yeah, that's what it's about, um, and hence, that's why you go to mainstream, yeah. right? And I like the way you said it because that's, that's exactly the sentence I use. Like people ask about corner shops, say, is it a Muslim show? Is it an Asian show? Is it no? It's a it's a sitcom. It's about a British boy who just happens to be Asian. Mm-hmm. He happens to be Muslim, mm-hmm. but it has nothing to do with like his religion. His religion is normal. Mm-hmm. You don't watch EastEnders and think, I wonder if Philip Mitchell goes to church. <laughs> you know, I wonder if it's a Christian you know, show. It's a Christian show. Christmas. It's a Christian Actually, EastEnders. Right. Show. You don't think that. You just no. think he's EastEnders. So yeah. why not look at? Uh, you know, corner shop and think, yeah, it's just a show about a corner shop, about a guy who runs a corner shop. Nothing to do with uh, religion or anything. And I feel like when you do Muslim industry stuff, has to be Muslim, has to be... I don't know, man. Um, I mean, I've got so many ideas I could pitch to the Muslim industry, whether they want to do it or take the risk, it's up to them. Most likely, no. Most likely, no. So hey, it's there's a challenge, guys. Yeah. It's a challenge. Well, the Muslim TV stations like to steal a lot of stuff. Like, when I was working there, it's like, uh, Aki, please, uh, you know the show, steal this and they change name. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. Plagiarism, boy, yeah. trust me. You like, your yeah. friends, we change, make it all male and then change name. Call it Akis. It's cool. It's like, I just what? Say, call it Akis. Please. No Ukhti, no Ukhti, just Akis. No, 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 no. Oh, you know, one time, I, again, I won't name the charity, right? Um, you know, as far as, because obviously I'm not Muslim, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, I mean, am I? Right. We've broken the illusion. <laughs> right, fine, fine. The illusion's gone. Right. You're not Muslim. So, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, right, from what I've learned about religion, right, if you're a female and you wear a hijab, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to be more covered in that. I mean, obviously, if you want to go all the way and wear the cover, that's your choice. Yeah, right? yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, basically, my point is, if you wear a hijab, that's fine. That's mm-hmm. the right level of coverage. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, you don't need yeah. to anymore, right? So, um, I was making this uh, advert mm-hmm. for a Muslim charity, right? So, then, um, they, they, they had footage of women. I, I didn't do that. They provided me with footage yeah, of women, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And they were wearing hijab, right? Yeah. So I thought, okay, it's a, it's a Muslim charity. Let me just include some uh, shots of women yeah. with family. Not like they were doing anything, yeah, right? Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. women with the children yeah. just walking around Legoland. Okay. That's, that's what it was. It was oh, Legoland, wow, right? right? So it's just so extras it's, in the it's background. It's an innocent family, yeah. fully covered, yeah. right? Walking around Legoland, right? And then um, then I submitted it. And they were like, okay, please, uh, can you blur, blur the women? I'm like, but they're covered. They're like, no, 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 we don't, we don't show them. So I'm like, but they're covered. Wow. And he's like, no, 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 we just blur them. I'm like, then what's the point of me using the shot? They're like, no, just blur See, it's like whatever you say, like, no, 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 just, just, just stupid. No, it's crazy. It's like, you no, 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 no. You can, you can have like half naked women in the mainstream, mm-hmm. but then you've got a covered woman. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough. It. It's not good enough. It's like, no. 
You know, if if a, if a if a half naked woman on mainstream can do whatever the hell she wants, why mm. not? Why can't a sister mm-hmm. do what she wants to do if she's covered, mm-hmm. or even if she's not covered but she's modestly dressed, whatever? Mm-hmm. Let her be. We talk about empowering. Yeah, we talk women. about empowering women, but then we just we in the Muslim industry. I'm not saying the entire Muslim industry, mm-hmm. certain channels or whatever. I think look, the, the main the main thing from this whole kind of discussion. Um, is about providing healthy alternatives. Mm. Um, in that, like you say, whether it be music, whether it be comedy, whether it be entertainment in general, there's always gonna be a mainstream alternative. And there's always gonna be an easy sell, whether it be sex, whether it be money, greed, whatever. You know, There's always gonna be temptations around that. The point is, having people like yourselves, whether Muslim or not, because simply Rob buys into the idea of, I know from, you know, sometimes it's, we've had this discussion even about gratuitous sex scenes on television in certain programs. It's just unnecessary now, you know, people are just throwing it, thinking it sells, but even we have become numb to it and said, why are you, why, you, you don't, you you don't need biggest, to do it, it's not creative. You know the biggest evidence right? that this is a problem, right? Yeah. Is the fact that even Bollywood started doing it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Before, never in a million years. I mean, now it's starting to happen, and it's like if. And so then the point is, this is the perfect time for us to create good material that is pleasing to families as well as our audience, as well as any any other person that may be able to. Well, I guess that's the that's the good thing about being a writer and yeah. being an actor. Um, I mean, in my acting career, I will act as far as I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. If there's something, if there's a scene or uh, something I don't feel comfortable in personally, yeah. for whatever the reason may be, I won't do it. But that's just my personal choice. Mm-hmm. The the beauty about being a writer, you can write a Muslim show, mm-hmm. you can write another show. It doesn't have to. Be. You can write whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the beauty of being a creative. You mm-hmm. can create for whatever audience you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So bringing us to then, what is next on the cards for you then? How do you see the creative space for Mr. Isla? Be it Muslim, mainstream, or other. Um, you know? Me as an individual, um, I'm going back into stand-up comedy. Okay. So I've got a gig in October the second. It's uh, it's called Network and Chill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's by <laughs> a company called Clumsy Muslim. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna be doing some stand-up there alongside nice, uh, nice. a few other uh, artists and stuff. Yeah. Um, filmmaking-wise, mm-hmm. uh, continue with Corner Shop season two. You've got you in the. In the show as well, indeed, so you play indeed. my brother-in-law indeed, in the show. Indeed, um, Robert, I believe, is making a film. Um, I'm writing one. Oh, very close to finishing awesome. it, but obviously, life has done its thing. Can you give oh. us any spoilers? Any hints on what's uh, about? Yeah, if you want. Um, it's based on, it's based on true events. Okay. So it's not like um, like a documentary or anything. So yeah, it's yeah. like it's still fictional. I didn't make a lot of it up because yeah. you know <laughs> you have to, yeah. Yeah, they take social network, right? They um is based on the whole Mark Zuckerberg thing, but they still made a lot of it up. Right? It often has to because happen, like yeah. otherwise it's not gonna it's be interesting, right? It. So um so my, my father passed away last year. Sorry, uh, thank you. Um I wasn't that close to him, but still it's got me thinking mm-hmm. that what if my relationship with him were different mm-hmm. and then how um that would have been um, so uh, I've written Michael when he plays my brother. Okay. I don't have a brother, right? so um, okay. I've written it in a way where it basically explores like how that death would affect a person. And uh, basically, the the one line I used to describe the film would be how death changes a person's perspective on life. So uh, it, it's based around this character who's really busy because mm-hmm. I feel like that's really relatable. Mm-hmm. So because um, everyone's busy, no matter what it is, you could be at school, you're mm-hmm. busy, you could be at work, you're busy. Even you're a housewife, mm-hmm. shopping and stuff, looking up. Mm-hmm. That, that's your form of being busy, right? Yeah. Everyone's got stuff they're juggling, and then 
certain things get pushed down. Um, yeah, even like praying, right? Some people are like, yeah. I'll pray later, I'll combine it because you know I'm a bit busy right now. Yeah, nice or like, I'm, I'm traveling, like in their head, I'm traveling, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. So, um, a lot of things get pushed down, right? So, um, the, it revolves around how um, the, the character really wants to see his dad because obviously his dad's sick, he's got cancer, right? He's, yeah. he's not going to be around much longer than um, uh, making time to see that person is hard because obviously he's struggling so many things. So, he always says to himself, I'm going I'm to see him, I'm going to see him, and then for whatever reason. Um, he doesn't. And then giving the whole film away now. <laughs> yeah, no, wait. I, I, Bro, I, I go give for a, it, man. Give a synopsis, so then. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. basically, it's, it becomes too late, and then that event changes the character, and you see how he becomes a different person afterwards, like for the better. You see what I mean? Like that, that film, film, man, it's quite a, quite deep. The film that he's written, I feel like that's just a film. Like, you mm. can take it, you can take it on board however you want to take it. Whatever you want to take it on as a Muslim, mm. take it on as a Christian. I feel you know he's right. He's right. It's just a film written for you know whatever audience, whoever can relate to it, can relate to it. Yeah, that's the beauty about being a writer, man. You know, it reminds me of a, a very famous um, quote. Oh, I can't remember who the individual was, but it was. Uh, I believe a religion is only as beautiful as its art and I find that so true man like if you look at because a faith without art it's it just doesn't have the, the softness and the kind of the beauty to it it's just a bunch of rules then mm. it's just a law book you know and it doesn't have the ethics and the morals and the different nuances and degrees and you know this, the spherical kind of like a you know approach to it it's just very black and white and literal and dogmatic then um, and most faiths of that nature, you'll find, you know, either will be extinct or will become like cults, you know, like in that it's not going to be able to be translatable to the masses. And as you say, you know, um, I think, uh, yeah, it's just a... Uh, and yeah. the rules came first and no one will be Muslim. I'm just dropping bars left, right. Dropping just bars, dropping man. Dropping, dropping bars. Well, look, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. I could talk to you for ages, and I'm sure uh, you could equally talk my ear off. So uh, we'll have to have you back again. Um, Inshallah. Inshallah, God willing. But look, um, anything we need to plug before we go, man? How can we follow you, um, catch you, everything you do, bro? Corner Shop Show. Uh, yeah, everything at Corner Shop Show. Um, anything at Mr. Islas, M I S T A H. I-S-L-A-H uh, Episode 11 is coming out yeah. uh, mid-October We're aiming for mid-October mm -hmm. Casting Mr. Inayat Kanji here Who plays the role of Khan Khan um, So that's going to be really good I look forward uh, to that Did you have a premiere for like each episode? Which uh... We've had premiere since episode <coughs> 6 The last premiere we had was in cinema uh, This premiere, I don't know where we're going to do it But okay. Okay. Uh, let's let's see let's see. Keep your eyes peeled, guys. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, so just subscribe to the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, you'll be updated there. Excellent, inshallah. excellent, excellent, inshallah. And what about you, Rob? Anything? Uh, what's all your little tweets and what? Well, I don't even know what the words are for them. Like, you know, what are they? Uh, username. You know, <laughs> you know. I don't know. Just my website, I guess. <laughs> just, just. What's your website? It's uh, www.myname, which is Robert H O A N G dot net. Wicked. There we go, that's all we need to know, man. Like I said, man, I'm a bit of a golden oldie. I'm getting used to all this plug in, plug in business. So, do, do we cut some adverts or do we? We get paid now, right? So, uh, Rob, yeah, 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 you get paid. You get paid. It's, um, it's uh, a you know, commercial we, break. What we pay in is a uh, um, uh, barakah and. Oh, blessing, uh, you know, cool. Blessing. Oh, okay, yeah, blessing. Yeah. You know, like, blessing. You know, I've already got some of those. <laughs> Can you, like, give cash? <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Muslim Vibe Podcast. Thank you very much to you boys. You should legit have some. <laughs> We've been talking for ages, bro. 
We talk about we need some ad breaks here, man. Where's that gift of the whole Rahi advert? This man's a wise. Where's that Elon Musk advert, man? They just superimpose them, bro. They just go for their breaks. This Elon come back when they want. This Elon was quality bites. Quality bites. There you go. Where's that? I'm in your boy that Gajli. This has been the Muslim Vibe Podcast. Until next time, peace and love. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Peace.